The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's eight minutes past eight here on AM Live. And on the Forum at 8 this morning, we take a look back at the local and international stories that made headlines in 2014. And of course, it doesn't have to be hard news. It can be sport, can be entertainment, anything that actually caught your attention, but something that you thought really stood out and captured the imagination in 2014. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, 34701. That's our SMS line. Those, of course, uh, cost two rand and you can also tweet or facebook as at am live on safm or at sakina kamwendo and uh, we are joined uh, this morning uh, to have this conversation and then try and steer it but uh, don't leave it to them you are more than welcome to give us your views as well uh, we have in studio with us uh, sabc uh, news's deputy political editor Mahlati gallants thanks for coming in good morning sakina and, um, you know, Matlati is that chick who makes you want to be all cool like her, but we'll talk about that some other time. And uh, we have uh, Eusebius Mackaiser, political commentator, author, columnist, joining us on the line. Thanks for her making the time this morning, Eusebius. Good morning, Sakina. Happy December, boss. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And, of course, we'll be joined as soon as he uh, gets into studio by Professor Somatota Fikeni, who's a political and policy analyst, and uh, he's making his way to our Hatfield studios. But, Masatsi, 2014, the year that was, what stood out for you? Oh, Sakina, I think because it was an election year, it was quite a busy one. And I think from that election year, obviously, we saw the political landscape changing with the EFF becoming now the third most popular party. And with that, we also saw what transpired in Parliament, new opposition tactics um, emerging from that. Uh, also, we saw the fall of Penti Klakula linked you know, to elections in that way. But also the Kosatu numsa battles... Um, that also obviously dominated uh, Nigeria, the bodies, South Africans dying at uh, Scone, that church in Lagos, um, Lesotho, mm-hmm. uh, that's been the other big story. Uh, obviously, uh, stories that also grabbed international headlines from here, Oscar Pistorius' trial, uh, Diwani, who then was let off uh, last week, and obviously the big one, Nkandla. The security upgrades at President Jacob Zuma's private home. Um, maybe other stories, generations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has also been one of the other stories that has actually uh, dominated. And if, if, if I were to push you into a corner and say, Mahlatsi, your life depends on you choosing one story, which would it be? Yeah, I've been trying to think about that. But I think all of the stories have been so linked because... Uh, Nkandla, for example, what we saw in happening in Parliament was tightly linked or was linked to uh, the Public Protector's Secure and Comfort Report. And what has uh, stood out there was uh, the fights that we saw in Parliament, but also now seeing that there's this uh, question mark still standing on the standing of that Public Protector's Report following uh, Parliament's findings. And then also, you know, it has dominated whatever political permutations that we've had in this past year. But then also, again, Oscar Pistorius dominated our lives uh, Mm. for quite a while. I mean, it was the first time we're having a trial uh, that was broadcast live. We had all of, you know, people learning or becoming lawyers overnight. (laughs) And all of us learning new legal terms. So that has also um, 
are dominated. So I think probably the toss-up could be between those two, but also uh, the bodies. I mean, uh, it was one thing that South Africans were quite united in in the in mourning and the frustration that came with it for families that had to wait for so long, two months, to be able to bury their loved ones. And, of course, the 11 other families are still waiting. Tell you what, I've just had a thought. Uh, what was your phrase uh, of the year? You know, could it have been dolus eventualis? Um, could it have <laughs> been babagasens or uh, filibustering? <laughs> you know, uh, which one stood out for you for this year? Firepool was one of those that also trended sure. at some point. Let us know that as well. But let me come to you, UCBS. What has been your highlight? for this year. You see, Bias? And you know what? This morning, I bet you the gremlins think it's holidays. I mean, they are just running amok on our lines this morning. They are all over. I mean, we couldn't get hold of Rob Byrne. We couldn't get hold of uh, Clive Ramatibela. Now Eusebius has gone somewhere. It's, it's crazy. But we're talking about 2014, the year that was. Matlati Gallens, thank heavens, is in studio with me so we can continue this conversation. What were the stories what, uh, that stood out for you? And as I said, doesn't have to be hard news stories. Anything that really captured you your imagination. You were asking earlier phrases for the year. Bring back the money. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there. I see someone sent that. Pay back the money. Bring back our girls. Remember <laughs> sometime yes. earlier in the year, bring back the girls. Uh, bring back our girls was also huge. But um, I see we have UCBS back. UCBS? Yes, Kira. You know, it's funny when you were saying at the beginning, you know, someone can call in, we can talk about sport, entertainment. It doesn't have to be hard news. But I think for me, what's been really cool this year as a news junkie, but who also liked entertainment, is that sport, entertainment, and hard news came together mm. in Parliament this year. Um, you know, it has been entertaining. It hasn't just been dull. I think it's the first time in five democratic parliaments in South Africa that Parliament actually has been incredibly vibrant and interesting to watch and doing a better job at playing its accountability role than it had probably since the days of a Patricia DeLille being an MP and Andrew Feinstein being there. And so my newsmaker of the year, amongst all the stories Mashlatsi talked about, with which I agree, it has to be Julius Malema. Because remember, when we asked this question about who's hit the news cycle, it's not necessarily whether you like the person, whether it's a positive or negative influence. It's really who's captured our imagination. And while we talk about Nkantla being a story throughout the year, Parliament, uh, EFF, at the heart of all of those stories, I'm afraid, is that uh, politician Julius Malema. And for me, it's amazing. He's a bit like Madonna. He keeps on reinventing himself every two, three years, just when you think he's politically dead. And just this morning in my column, I had to recant some of my own predictions of how they would do in Parliament. I thought, you know what, these guys are not going to get more than 2 or 3% of the vote. They're going to hate being in Parliament, the minutiae of committee work. And certainly I've been proven wrong as a political commentator. They've taken it to like a, like a duck to water, so much so that they've also influenced how the Democratic Alliance goes about stylistically performing in Parliament. So for me, yeah, I'm a legal eagle as well. I love uh, watching South African trials on television. Um, I'm a failed would-be lawyer. But at the end of the day, I have to admit, for me, if you say, you know, you see there's life depends on you choosing just one story, as you put too much likely, it would have to be the story of EFF really capturing our imaginations politically.
So, what captured your imagination this year, 2014? And uh, you can tell us on uh, 34701, that's our SMS line, or you can call us 0891-104-208, that's the number to dial. What about e-tolls? What, what did you make of e-tolls, uh, Eusebius? Have we forgotten about e-tolls? Well, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I think the news cycle has been so generous to us as media practitioners and analysts, Akina, that until Michelotti reminded me of the 2014 election, I almost forget we had elections this year. <laughs> so it's, it's really been an incredibly busy year. And of course, ethos is very significant for at least two reasons I think it captured our imagination. The one reason, Sakina, is that we have, we're very bad at inter-class solidarity in South Africa. And on ethos, working-class people and middle-class people came together on the same page about the issue. It doesn't happen often enough in a country where we are deeply divided along class lines. The other reason why, of course, it's interesting that it has to do with party politics is that ETOs also divide a lot of factions inside the African National Congress. So it's politically important, and it's also been important from a class viewpoint. And it's been interesting to see um, how ETOs have actually given way to other news stories throughout the year, despite the incredible uh, focus on it earlier in the year. It really has been the gift that keeps on giving, and then you have the Oscar trial, and then, of course, after that, you had Parliament coming alive. Mm. And then and, and on that point, Mahlati, as Eusebius says, we, we've basically been spoiled for choice. There's just so much that has happened that really, you know, captured the imagination in no uncertain terms at different points of this year. We've almost forgotten about the platinum sector yes. strike. <laughs> That's exactly where I was coming to. We had a five-month-long strike that, you know, uh, captured... Five months of the beginning of this year and had uh, quite some effects on our, on our economy, but also in terms of uh, politics in the union world. You know, AMCU uh, basically uh, fomenting its place in the platinum belt and pushing out uh, NUM and uh, the and fighting for that 12,500, obviously starting off from what happened in Marikana, but also we had the Marikana Commission as well. Uh, that went on for the better part of this year. That's the other story. And of course now, towards the end of the year, the ESCOM mm. <laughs> and the load <laughs> shedding. And I think I'm the last person to comment on that issue because I have suffered under load shedding and technical problems. Or what did you call it, Sakina? Oh, uh, power loss. Power loss. That's what they call power it. Loss. So yeah. I had 40 hours of power loss and load shedding. So now you know who I was referring to this morning <laughs> about the 40 hours. I didn't say it. She outed herself, Matati Gallants. 40 hours of power loss. So how can we have this conversation and not touch on ESCOM and load shedding and power loss and whatever else uh, that may be? And then, of course, also towards the latter part of the year, Senzo Mayuwa's death, Eusebius. Mm. I don't know where Eusebius is. I mean, you, Eusebius, you see why you need to come to studio, you know, because these lines, they just wreak havoc. But, but, but your take on that, Masati? You know, um, sure. I think it would waking up on that day and hearing that uh, Bafana Bafana uh, goalkeeper has passed away. That was, you know, it was one of those stories that you like. Are we sure? Is it true? Has it really happened? Especially given that Bafana Bafana are on a high and they were just winning and winning and winning. And, you know, we were united in grief, I think. Um, and I think for the first time in a long time, 
South Africans were behind Bafana Bafana. We were hopeful. We are moving away from uh, phrases like a bunch of losers to a bunch of winners. <laughs> um, so the timing of it was really quite devastating for us as a nation. Um, and obviously there were the other dramas, the personal dramas that came around that story. But I think as South Africans, that was the big loss, uh, especially in the sp- Sporting world for us. And uh, which also, of course, touches on the other big story, which was Bafana Bafana in 2014. But, um, and Kaiser Chiefs, thank you very much. 40 points. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to go there. Uh, <laughs> lest I be accused of all sorts of things. Thanks for mentioning that, Matlati. Eusebius Senzo, may you are. And of course, the, the media frenzy, you know, that ensued after that, because it wasn't just about the crime. Mm. It wasn't just about him as a celebrated sportsman. There was also the more sordid details that went along with that story. Now, you know, that story, Sakina, for me, was particularly interesting because we never know how death will impact us as a society, what event will galvanize an entire nation. And in that sense, I think that was a news story where we couldn't have predicted what would happen in the days and the weeks afterwards in terms of how it affects both the news cycle, but also all of us as South Africans. And, and as you rightly said, you know, I mean, the sort of detail also raised interesting questions. And I think on this news story, Sakina, we actually failed a little bit to explore all of the subjects that came out, but we were caught up in the moment of the death. So, for example... You know, I mean, the drama in terms of the wife, uh, the girlfriend, uh, the way in which we portrayed, you know, where he was, why wasn't he with the person that he had a lifelong commitment with, the way in which we treat men and women differently when it comes to extramarital affairs, for example, was quite fascinating. And and so the way in which that story played out said a lot about our attitudes towards gender um, differential treatment in our society. But I think because it was such an emotional, unexpected and untimely death that we perhaps didn't really chew on all the ways in which we ourselves reported on the story in the media. But I think over time, with the benefit of hindsight, when we come back to the Senzomayer story and how it played out, and the same could have said, of course, we said about the Oscar Pistorius trial, some of these new stories, I think uh, there was so much detail in the moment that we reported on, spoke about in the moment, that perhaps we didn't always hit the pause button and ask ourselves, whether we're feeding into all sorts of stereotypes and all sorts of differential ways of treating men and women in the way in which we construct and report on the news. So it's a very double-edged and very dark and, and sad news event that you're talking about there. And we are reflecting this morning on the year that was, 2014. And tell us, what stood out for you this year in terms of news stories? As I said, we don't have to confine ourselves to hard news. Anything that stood out for you in the news cycle this year, we'd love to hear from you. And on those phrases as well, what was your phrase of the year for 2014? And uh, this one here, um, this one is from Tandazo says, Order, order, an honorable member. Those were the ones that stood out. And uh, Zenzel M. Gletcher says, I put it to you. Yes. So those were some of the phrases. Let us know, you know. (laughs) So what came out of 2014 for you? And before we go to the lines, we do have um, Professor Fikeni with us now. Prof, thanks for speaking to us this morning. So what were your highlights and your lowlights of 2014? Well, I do think that the 20 years of democracy marked by elections, marked by the manner the parliament behaved, was marked by an institutional crisis. If you look at the parliament, you look at the public protector, you look at the state-owned entities, it just 
tested them to the limit and we realize how fractured they are. Then the other story is the one, of course, of Kosatu and the tripartite alliance facing what looks like an imminent split of Kosatu. And that, too, I do think that it's a very important story to, uh, you know, recognize. And thirdly, what seemed to be a beleaguered president and his diminishing role with the rise of more responsibilities for the Deputy President Cyril and Jeff Khadebe. Those are some of the things that are worth noting. And uh, in Parliament, I must say that EFF brought a new kind of opposition politics and redefined it, such that even DA had to follow the suit. And one would have been mistaken to think that uh, at one point EFF was the main opposition party. And uh, the last point I want to make is that when there was an outcry generation closing down, little did we know that for a moment uh, Parliament would close that space, (coughs) you know, with entertainment (laughs) (laughs) until further notice. And when generation came back, Parliament is on recess. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you saying, Prof? (laughs) Well, I'm simply saying in South Africa sometimes uh, reality is more bizarre than fiction. (laughs) Okay, I want to hear from you. Your moments of 2014. Which news stories captured your imagination? 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Speaking this morning to Mathati Gallens, Eusebius Makaiza, and Professor Somatota Fikeni. I want to read some of the messages coming through very quickly. I thought this one is just so hilarious. Uh, Sir L.H. Mathapane says, Stuart Baxter wants to sneak through the list of newsmakers at the last moment. It's too late now. He must just <laughs> relax. And that following his Kingston and our comments on uh, the weekend and um, a few others coming through Adam Jale says can uh, you please ask Vabakshni and Janet to bring back our phone lines already thanks for inviting Masati and then uh, Paniza Lutuli the rejuvenated Bafana Bafana and Sheikhs Mashaba and Nkosundamane says uh, let me start uh, by the more recent one our very own Miss World Rulin uh, Strauss and that is a positive one Right there. So let's go to the lines. 891 Togozani in uh, Kwamakuta. Good morning. Yeah, hello. Hello, Sissi. How are you? Good and you? Yes, Amora Sakina. You're speaking to Togozani from Kwamakuta. Yes, Togozani. Yeah, my Indian Takela show is the death of Sandra Mayua. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a kind of his fan, but that man is dead. I, I don't know, man. It dragged me down, you see. All right. So, Togazani, yes. Uh, yes. any other story that stood out for you this year? Yeah, and another one now, the interesting one. I just saw you on ACBC3 last <laughs> week, you see. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and I said to myself, oh... Now I I am able to see this beautiful, lovely voice. Amara Chogozani. That couldn't have been the story for 2014. That is the story for 2014. That was my highest point. 
Okay. That was my highest point, you see. She's blushing. I'm telling you, I saw her and I said to myself, now I'm going to get married. <laughs> Do you have a proposal okay. on air? Ah, no. You, now what? Now, no. Masati. You want to negotiate, oh. Lobola? No, no, no. Togozani, thank you so much. <laughs> That's Togozani. Mike in Durban, good morning. Good morning to you, Mike the Light from Durban. You're trying to find a word for this electricity problem. Mm-hmm. It's actually power outage. Yes. If you are... Uh, the spin doctor from Eskom, Mr. Excuse Zinger, uh, he will tell you that a power outage is when you have theft of cable, uh, vandalization of a substation or meter room. A power loss is actually uh, normally referred to as a voltage drop. That if the cable is is not large enough for the load it's carrying, uh, you get a voltage drop at the end that can affect fridge motors, air conditioning motors, well, they call them compressors, and they'll burn out. Okay. But thank you, thank you for that. Uh, obviously, ESCOM there, uh, top of mind, load shedding, uh, one of the terms of this year. Desmond uh, in Amazim Toti, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sokina, and your, and your panel. Greetings to Matsasi Collins, uh, the group Tota in Africa. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, good morning. And uh, uh, that is at Makaza. Yes. Then, uh, so, you can call so him Mackenzie too. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, <clears throat> actually, my take here, I'm different. I'm, I'm on the development side. I hinge on development. I know that... Uh, the post office service, it also um, gave us a patch because uh, uh, it was a, a four-months-old a four strike. So that's why actually I'm coming out on that one because uh, I see I don't go to the hot pot politics or hot potatoes. I am <laughs> I'm on, on development because what, I, what I've seen here at the post office, no? We hinge on the post office, especially when we're talking development. I once told one postmaster that, you see, all these adverts that hang on your wall here, I think we should go to the community and tell them all. Because, you know, the post office is now is, is, is much vulnerable now since this technology grew. So, you know, that people are no more writing letters, they're sending emails. So the post office is rendered uh, a bit useless. So, so the growing of the post office bank is, is very important, and also people know more about what is happening in the post office. So I feel that the postmaster, postmaster must be a community man who, who must call meetings in, in, in communities wherever the post office is situated. And another friend of mine told me while we're still young people, said, you know, keep money in the post office. Because the post office is found everywhere in the rural areas, there's a post office. Okay. Please keep money in the post office uh, because uh, if the banks are closed, the post office will help you. That's All right. I'm actually, my take is on the post office strike. And I feel that it's very, very important that the post office must be grown in some degree so that it's, it's relevant yet again. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Desmond, the post office. And we'll come back to that and uh, find out from more of you what were your highlights for 2014, which were the news stories or entertainment stories or just any story that really stood out and captured your imagination for the year 2014. We're talking about the news stories, the big stories of 2014. So what were those for you? And I see Benny Nkosi here says Ebola. We haven't spoken about Ebola. Prof? No doubt Ebola in terms of the health news in the world, which turns into economic and other social crisis, was at the very top of the agenda for the world, testing how the World Health Organization responds, how the UN responds, and ultimately how the AU responded, which was criticized for being a delayed response. But uh, on the positive, you realize that, again, just like the famine in Ethiopia in the 80s, the entertainment uh, coming together, the philanthropists coming together to put their shoulder on the wagon. Mm. And um, just I want to read through some of the other messages coming through and uh, get Matlati and Eusebius to weigh in as well. Uh, Conrad from Benoni says, uh, a European team winning the World Cup in South America for the first time in the history of the tournament. Uh, This one unsigned says, Dr. Paolo Jordan, what a disgrace. And uh, this one, Sakina, my highlight was the animal farm. And thanks for bringing Eusebius. He's so accurate. I like him. Uh, Sia M. Sanzi says, uh, Joseph Matunjwa takes it for me. Another one, obviously, EFF has dominated and captured my imagination. Uh, Luvuyo Shezi in the Eastern Cape, Mount Frere, says uh, Strauss, world beauty pageant. And David says serial killer and rapist escape from custody. We are not safe in South Africa. Elise, my favorite baddie story of the year, the Perlemun smuggler who filled up uh, at a petrol station in the Free State and drove off without paying. What a master stroke. And then uh, D. Neal in KZN says, pay back the money. That's my phrase for 2014. And um, just looking at some of the tweets coming through, uh, Leo Blom says, reading the headlines this morning, I'm wondering why is everyone congratulating Julius when nothing happened? And everybody else then saying uh, that follows Richard Koza and uh, saying it's Julius Malema. He's definitely the newsmaker of the year, as does uh, Lesejo Moloko, who also says EFF and Kandla Oscar Pistorius. Komu uh, says, Komu uh, rather says, for me, it is Nkandla, uh, the circus that is the newsmaker of the year. And uh, just a few others. Um, Francois Lowe says, what about Ebola as well? Surely this has to top the list of news. Or do we not care about what happens outside our borders? So it would seem as though, you know, everybody's more or less on the same, uh, you know, train of thought. But the post office uh, issue that Desmond raised, Matlati. You know, um, I think for me, it was another example of what is happening in some of our state entities, state-owned entities. And that strike went on for so long. And it seemed like everybody between the minister, the board, they just didn't know how to arrest it and the impact that it had. I mean, we had students that couldn't receive their assignments, their people and and people still rely on the post office you know for some of us perhaps you know emails and other services are there but it had such a compromising effect i mean i knew somebody who couldn't send uh, her designs overseas because they usually i mean uh, across the country because that's that's the cheapest form and now people have to dig deeper but i think 
in the coming year, the focus is going to be at, on state-owned entities. Uh, we know that the Deputy President now has been given that responsibility to look over SAA, to look over ESCOM, and to look at the post office. And how do you turn around those very key institutions? And obviously, I'm sure government is trying to avoid bailing out any of them uh, in the near future. And I think that's probably going to be some of the stories that dominate in terms of how the Deputy President takes it forward. Uh, here's one from Chris Maxson that I want to throw in Eusebius as you respond. Um, Chris says key events are perishable because we are driven by headlines rather than material significance, social, political, across the board. I'm not sure whether that's entirely accurate, uh, um, Sakina, in the sense that, you know, I mean, obviously we have to generate news headlines in the media as columnists, as analysts, as talk shows, as, as, as reporters. But I think sometimes we have to be more active listeners and readers of how those events are covered in the media. It's so fascinating listening to the stories picked out by your, your listeners this morning. So, for example, let's take the EFF in Parliament, and someone was saying uh, two or three SMSs ago, you were reading out to the effect that uh, actually nothing has really changed. Why are we waking up to Julius Malema, chosen by many folks as the newsmaker of the year? And the Julius Malema story is interesting because we have what I've called before uh, – the politics of spectacle being employed by them. They like to be vibrant. They like to be, some would even say, disruptive and bordering on violent uh, in Parliament, in many different spaces where they work. But at the same time, the way in which they critique uh, the fact that we have inequitable distribution of land still 20 years in, uh, most of Africans are not economically emancipated, although we are politically emancipated, the way in which they challenge the rules uh, by which our institutions like Parliament are governed. There's substance there. And I think sometimes when we say, you know, the headlines, we never really dig beneath them. I think it's sometimes a lazy critique of, of the media. I mean, EFF is the key example there where they have interesting politics based on a Marxist critique of the society they live in. They have to make interesting tactical choices. Do we reluctantly go into the very institutions we don't regard as legitimate and try and reform them from within? Uh, and the point of this example, really, uh, Sakina, is that I think with many of the stories that we've spoken about, I think sometimes in the media we haven't dipped beneath the headlines. But I think on other occasions, the reader also brings their own expectations, biases to the way in which they, they, they read those stories. And I think we've done better on some than, 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 than on others. Prof, let me read a few more before I go back to the lines. Homoto uh, Maluleka says, um, I say... Um, Oh, no, okay, I'm going to leave that, the first part of it. But goes on to say, Kheri Nell and Alan Shabalala's stolen degrees. And uh, Joe says, uh, 2014, the qualification falsifying stories. That was, uh, you know, his top stories of the year. And uh, Geek Direct says, TB Joshua's church collapse, uh, amongst others. And Tulani the diminished role of Zuma and the rise of the role of Cyril Ramaphosa and Jeff Khademe. Well, indeed, I think uh, I've written as one of my stories, if I had the time, the diminishing qualifications right across. Now you see it, now you don't. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Which I think was also a, a, a crisis reflective of what is happening in our own state owned entities. Because, in essence, when you get appointed into these positions, these documents ought to be verified in the very first place. 
that it had to go through so many layers, whether it's Sandral, SABC, SAA, the case of Paolo Jordan, quite tragic in a sense, a very brilliant intellectual mind. He didn't need to have a PhD or a degree, uh, you know, to make that claim. And uh, that in itself to me is an extension of the crisis of state-owned, you know, entities. Mm. I want to go back to the lines, 891 Mike in Newlands, good morning. Hi, good morning, uh, team. I must say I'm enjoying this. It's amazing how much has happened in a year. Uh, South African news is never, ever boring. My headline would definitely be Palo Jordan. I think that uh, that was, uh, I thought, very sad. Um, and But he fell on his sword, and I think he did the right thing. Um, and I wish the ANC would acknowledge the fact that he's trying to do the right thing. And then the other big four names that newsmakers for me are, are the uh, chairperson of the SAA, and I think the gentleman's name is Pazadenot. Both are running this organization, running into losses of, what, billions, and uh, neither have uh, any of the qualifications that they said they had. They both uh, lied about their qualifications, of course. And then, sadly, our very own SABC, which I so love, uh, it's, uh, we've got Shabalala, who still remains in her post today. We can't even find a graduation photograph of a little alone her degree. And, of course, Kadi Mutsuneng, who, for my mind, is perhaps the biggest disappointment of all. And uh, my, uh, my song, I think it all leads me up to my one song that keeps going around in my head, and that's that song, We Don't Need No Education. So that seems to be the theme that we have in our country. Thanks, guys. Mike, Pink Floyd is so out of vogue. I thought I'd just tell you. <laughs> that's the only line I can remember. Uh, goodbye, Mike. That was Mike in Newlands. Mujali and Putadi Chava, good morning. Good morning, Fatima and your guest. How are you? Well, and you? I'm also well, thank you. For me, the newsmaker of the year, I think it will be Professor Somatota Fikiel. <laughs> Tell us for why. His, for his highly informative, educative, objective, and consistent analysis. Uh, I have learned a lot from him. You know, when I'm listening to a radio, Say I'm far away and I can hear it's like Professor Fikeni is on the radio. I, I, I run just to hear what is that he's, what is that he's going to say. So to him uh, and people like Masati Gallant, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, you are making us proud as South Africans for the role that you are playing in the country. Thank you very much, Sati. Thank you so much, uh, Muchalifa. Uh, if you've just tuned in, this is not praise the panel. It is, in fact, looking back in the year that was 2014. But of course, I'll allow them to soak up that moment. What were the highlights of 2014 for you? 891 is the number to dial. SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Donald, you're in Cape Town. Good morning. Morning to you. Um, phrases for the year. If you're somebody who's working for a quasi-government organisation, the phrase is bailout. <laughs> if you if you are more tuned to the economy, the latest phrase for this year is ratings agency. Mm-hmm. If you're an SAPC radio presenter in the morning, I think as of today the phrase is going to be gremlins. Ah, <laughs> 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 most importantly, 
Order, Donald, order. Most importantly, that man who came along with the marriage proposal has better stand in line. Second one. Uh, Honorable Donald, uh, we shall call the sergeant arms to come and eject you. I assure you that with this marriage proposal, my intentions are far less than honorable. (laughs) Donald, you have yourself a fantastic week. And tomorrow's a holiday. I'm so glad. <laughs> Cosmo in Peter Maritzburg, good morning. Yes, uh, good morning, Sissy. How are you? Well, and you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for uh, for bringing my role model, Mr. Mato Dafikeni. We'll tell him. We'll tell him. We'll, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So I was going to comment about Boko Haram. Boko Haram, uh, Boko Haram I think it's a story that uh, made it big in the media because... The first part of it is kidnapping of more than 200 girls. And the other worst part of, uh, of it, again for me, is when they chase the soldiers away. Now that seems even the neighboring countries' safety is, uh, I think, is compromised too. Hello? Ah, we just lost you there momentarily. And I shall not use the G word. Sorry? Uh, could you just repeat what you said there um, in the last instance? We just lost you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I see you. Uh, I see you even touching right now. Maybe you can call me again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kremlin. Okay, no, I'm not using that word anymore. <laughs> Thanks to Donald. But uh, yeah, those uh, some of the issues raised. Let me let me throw in a few more from Twitter. Uh, Mahube says, obvious for me, EFF for sure. They made quite an impact in every newspaper, radio, and TV news, and they were everywhere, and they made me very happy. Chinemo Elias says, the EFF were amazing this entire year. They made a tremendous impact, and they are going to do the same next year. Kulu SD and John Esterhazen both on the same story. Kulu says, my biggest story for 2014 is the humiliation of South Africa by Nigeria in refusing to uh, return the bodies of dead South Africans. And John says the Nigerian church collapse and two-month-long repatriation of South African bodies. Huge story for us. Uh, Prof? Without any doubt, I think this particular story reflected some weaknesses in a relationship between two biggest sub-Saharan, you know, African countries. Because if there was a good relationship, you could have resolved some of these things rather earlier. But it also reflected on some of the weaknesses within the Nigerian system uh, in, in, in making sure that this was done expeditiously. But ultimately, that you have so many South Africans traveling in that direction, seeking salvation and answers to their problems is also a barometer of anxiety in a society. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maslati, your take on that? No, 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 I agree. I mean, we just came back from Namibia, actually, and just speaking to journalists there, they were also, when uh, the story broke that this uh, church had collapsed, they were quite worried because they also have a high number of Namibians that actually go to scone for to seek uh, salvation. And uh, I think it's also the rising 
number of churches, these uh, charismatic churches. I mean, uh, you go to the townships uh, where I come from in Seshiro, you find tents that are popping up everywhere. Um, and it speaks to uh, sometimes religion being linked to desperation and poverty and people looking for hope. And yeah, and I mean, there's a church here in Johannesburg, for example, where you find people on the pavements, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people, people waking up as early as 4 a.m. to be part of this. So there is a growing phenomenon. And for me, that uh, this Scone Church has so much presence within the region itself. Uh, that's quite, uh, it, I found it quite uh, interesting. UCBS, mm. let me just throw in Mzit's um, tweet as well. says, going international, Israel and Palestine was also big this year. Something happened. It was not the G word, (laughs) but something happened to Eusebius there. We'll try and get him back. But in the meantime, let me run through some of the uh, Facebook comments. Uh, Bibi Mia says, uh, does South Africa have a good story to tell in 2014? Do we, Prof? I do think that if you assess 20 years of democracy, you certainly have a good story to tell, but mixed with some misfortunes. But increasingly, though, as we move towards the 20th year, some would not be accused of misperception if they say initially a country which had euphoria, high hopes, is beginning to realize that some of the fundamentals have not changed. And I fear saying that some of them may begin to think when they link Nelson Mandela and all those years at the beginning saying that uh, we, we, we have a good story which if you read it backwards has a happy ending in the last 20 years but currently we are at a crossroads with many things which are somewhat worrying and some glimmer of hope here and there but it's a mixed story you can't say it's all negative you can't say it's all positive and um, Matlazi, just a few more um, tweets here. Zubair Sayed says, international news that got South Africa talking uh, Boko Haram, Ebola, Gaza, ISIS, and U.S. police violence. And uh, Joe also says, Israel and Hamas, uh, so many civilians died there. And then some aeroplanes that crashed and some disappeared, one of which is still missing. Sure. MH17, uh, is MH, it? Um, what? 20... Whatever it is. You see, we have to Google it quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Even the name is beginning to disappear. Mm -hmm. It has been a busy year. I think just in the past 45 minutes, you just realize how many... How many stories dominated? I mean, even on our border, we haven't mentioned what happened in Lesotho, the yes. new coup that we had, and uh, pre- uh, Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa now going there to try and resolve uh, the crisis there, and now the uh, the march towards the elections next year. That's the other issue with Zambia as well. Uh, that's the other story with Michael Sutter dying and the political ramifications and the complications that followed there as well. Mm. And of course, MH17 seems MH17. like it's the one that crashed. Okay, um, it's the, the one, the one that, that was shot down, um, allegedly. And then, um, what was the other one? I'm trying I to find we, it. We forget that it's the same airline that's. The Malaysian two, Airlines, yes. The, the two tragedies uh, which hit the same airline, and the other one being the most bizarre in the 21st century 
that not even satellites, not even military observation, nothing could have tracked it to within any 500 kilometer zone. That in itself to me is one of those stories where we say, where, where, where is our technology, where is our science? Absolutely. MH370 it was. And of course, uh, the United States went into Nigeria. They couldn't find the girls either. Exactly. So mm-hmm. much for technology. Let's go back to the lines. 891 Tando in East London, good morning. Yeah, it was going to be the airline, uh, the disappearing airline. And of course, the other airline that was shot above uh, Ukraine, that's, that's the other one from Malaysia. But I, 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 my, low, my low one for the year, it has to be Mugabe. Uh, because uh, Mugabe hold on to power is so bizarre, and uh, I want to, I want to actually uh, pose a question to, to to the professor. That the trend seems to be that if say an African leader stays in power for that long, only empowers his party, his own, seems to actually you know the the game changes or the regime changes seem not to interfere with that. And uh, a note of that is that. Kara, uh, Lumumba, those were killed, you know, those were removed because they had these visions of empowering everybody. Now, I'm trying to think if that actually applies to us here, if, say, if, if it, it is let on to continue as it does. Would the professor perhaps share a light there? Okay, thanks so much, Tando. Russell and Joburg? I'll be very quick. Pay back the money was cheeky and funny. Order, order, my lady. My certificates were stolen. Chicken coops and a pool, and no road so boycott school. Sprinkling poofy was a stinking foofy. Getting easy bail and avoiding jail. If you scare the nation, you get full pay and vacation. ESCOM, SABC. No lights, no flying, nothing to see. Bye-bye, have a good year. <laughs> Thank you, Russell. <laughs> Let's go to Wandile and Howie. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Wandile. Yes, um, I think it's so for me. The reading of Matiba's will and not for winning that one, and then Vavi's return to Kusati, that's true. And then the asking of the Indian of Ibuho by my manner, that's true. And then the DA Ahang status marriage, if that's what one would call it. Mm. Thanks, Wandile. We've, we've really forgotten about some of those. So thanks for reminding us that all of that actually happened in 2014. Uh, Sipo Mantula in Pretoria, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and to your guests. Sakina, there that was elections in the Southern Africa, South Africa, Malawi, Mozambique, Botswana, and the rule of South Africa. For Professor Somadot, I think for him it will be UNISA managing to get a deal with the African Union on Agenda 2063. I think, Sakina, that will be 2015 to look at this continent, what kind of Africa we will, we will want to see. As you know, that today marks one year since the conflict in the South Sudan. Thank you very much, Sakina. Thank you so, uh, so much, um, Advocate Mandula. And uh, we unfortunately have to start wrapping this up. Um, although you have raised some really, really interesting ones, some that we have actually forgotten about. Um, but most of you are in agreement. EFF, NUMSA, uh, Senzo Meiwa, um, and, and, and uh, the high-profile court cases definitely up there uh, in terms of what you remember as the news stories of 2014. Prof? 
Well, I do think that uh, because of the saturation of so many stories, we even forget things like Bill Cosby, uh, mm. uh, even what is happening in the U.S., the race issue. Uh, but in South Africa, I do think that we look forward to the issue of COSATU and whether it resolves its issues, ANC's NGC, as well as uh, preparations for local government elections, all those and how and what happens to the state-owned entities. But South Africans have an amazing sense of humor in face of all these kinds of challenges. Absolutely. You see, Bias? Now the gremlins are fixed, Sakina, and we end the show. <laughs> All I wanted to say by way of closing quickly, Sakina, is exactly the last point that Prof made. When I listened to your callers, the SMSs, one of the amazing untold stories that is more about the reaction to the stories is our ability to laugh at ourselves. Um, and, of course, we even have famous uh, puppets like Chester Missing. He was a thing a couple of weeks ago in the court battle with Steve Offmeyer. So there's another high-profile a case where you have a puppet against a hot cop. And I think uh, our ability to laugh with ourselves is one reason why I slightly disagree with Prof. Um, I think that the fundamentals may be challenging this year for us as a country, the SOEs, the qualification scandals across the board. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that we have a solid democracy. It's borne out by active citizenship, including the reactions of your listeners. And, and more than anything else, and I think your fantastic raucous laugh on radio embodies it, that ability to laugh at ourselves is what keeps us going. And uh, Matlati, your final take. I'm predicting that we're going to have another busy year ahead next year. I mean, we've got uh, the United Front that is beginning to find its feet and promising stuff for the next year. We've got the Lesotho elections that are coming up. We've got Nigerian elections. We've got Zambian elections that are also coming up. Remember the issue of the National Director of Public Prosecution and the president, mm-hmm. that matter is still being considered. Mm-hmm. And now the president is also considering uh, the suspension of the SABC chairperson. So those are some of the stories that we're expecting will be dominating in the coming year. And we still have 16 more days of 2014 left. To our panel this morning, thank you so much, uh, Professor Somantota Fikeni, Eusebius Makaiza, and Masati Gallens. And I want to end it off with this tweet by Paledi who says, Yo, you had legendary callers this morning, worthy of callers of the year. And that is where we are going to leave it. You take care for the rest of the day. Thanks for your fantastic participation as always, and also to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. Back tomorrow at 7.